You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we're in the ninth chapter of Trumot. And yesterday we began to investigate the question of what happens if we plant Turuma. And the Mishnah seemed to make a distinction between planting deliberately and planting accidentally. And the halachot were very different in one case and the other. And that was, in essence, the first part of the ninth chapter. The second part of the ninth chapter will make a completely different distinction based on the type of plant which we're planting. And just in order to introduce it, I want to remind you about a Mishnah which we learnt in the seventh chapter. Remember, we had the example of these two baskets of tr- or two baskets. One was truma and one was chulin. So one was tr- one was holy and one was ordinary. One was truma, one was chulin, and the owner couldn't remember which was which. And the Mishnah began to say, if he sowed with one of the baskets, he's exempt, but the second one is treated as if it was truma. And then went on to say that if one person used both as seed, in other words, if he sowed with both baskets, in other words, the existential uncertainty was resolved because both had been used as seed. In that case, if it was a kind whose seed disintegrates, bedavar she zaro chale. It's a kind of plant whose seed disintegrates, mutar is permitted. And if it's the type whose seed doesn't disintegrate, it's prohibited. So we're, we seem to be looking in chapter 7 at different kinds of things that you could sow. And the Mishnah now in the ninth chapter will come back to this distinction. We had a hundred kind of rows in the garden planted with chulin. So we had a hundred truma and just one with chulin. So an overwhelming mixture of truma. And the Mishnah says, Kulan mutarin. They're all permitted, but then repeating the language from the seventh chapter, but davar zaro chale. And then they're, they're all permitted if they're of a kind whose seed disintegrates. But if they're of a kind whose seed does not disintegrate, even if there's a hundred chulin and one of truma, they're all prohibited. In other words, there's no um, uh, batel borov. There's no concept of dilution in an overwhelming majority that there is if a little bit of truma falls into a jar of chulin. They all seem to be prohibited. And the Mishnah is going to go on to talk about well, first of all, it's going to draw exactly the same analogy with Tevel, with untithed produce, just as, by the way, the first three Mishnayot of the chapter 9 do. So these three Mishnayot in some ways are parallel to the first three Mishnayot of the chapter that we learned yesterday. And similarly, for for Tevel, for untithed produce, if it's... Um, it's permissible if it's grown from something whose seed disintegrates and not otherwise. And now the mission is going to ask, well, okay, 
What kind of seeds are we talking about here? And we've got luf, shum, butzalim. We've got luf, we've got garlic and onions. And Rabbi Huda isn't going to come along, by the way, and say, hashum katsorim. Garlic is like barley. So what are we talking about here? Let's have a look at let's have a look at some pictures. Here's a here's a, a luf. We uh, we've we we've translated luf as kola 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 Another translation of luf is arum. I found here a Palestinian arum, arum Palest palestinum which is a flowering herbaceous perennial, perennial plant. It's actually called Nua Luf, by the way. Wikipedia actually calls it Luf and says it's native to the Levant. That's the Middle East and other parts of the Mediterranean, Mediterranean basin. But its root is tuberous. It's got a tuberous root. And we talked about these plants when we were looking at the Mishnah Shavit. These plants with tuberous roots, they stay in the ground after you plant them. And that seems to be the connection with the other plants in the list. Garlic is a bulb which actually you can plant in the ground and onions are bulbs which you can plant in the ground. So the Mishnah, when it talks about um, things we plant whose seed does not disintegrate, seems to be talking about stuff like tubers. Whereas stuff like wheat and barley, you know, you put the seed in the ground and, okay, the seed germinates. But as far as the uh, let's say as far as the untrained observer is concerned, it does disintegrate, it goes away. And Rabbi Hudai is going to say garlic is like barley. Well, that's very interesting because garlic is a plant for which you can plant the tuber, but you can also wait for it to flower. And it does produce seeds if you... Um, it does produce seeds if you wait for it to flower and then just pick the pick the seeds out from the uh, uh, from the middle of the fire. And look, here I've just brought you a, pic a few pictures of garlic seeds. And just a little bit of research on the internet suggests that if you leave these seeds to germinate for a whole year, then you will eventually get a little garlic tuber just as you would, you know, buy in the supermarket. So Rabbi Huda seems to be saying that, you know, garlic is like barley in a sense that it can produce seeds and you can... Uh, you you can plant them uh, you can plant them in the ground. The Mishnah is going to close then at the end of this chapter by saying that by talking about um, different kinds of boundary cases. Someone who's weeding and these chasayot also appear to be plants that are tuberous. So kahati translates them as leek plants or onions. I mean, chasak is lettuce in modern Hebrew, but I don't think it refers to lettuce here. Someone who, who weeds leek plants with a non-Jew, even though the produce is untithed, can eat from them in a casual fashion. And that applies, by the way, to other kinds of tevel that you find in the field if you, you can't bring it into the house and eat it properly. But we learnt at the end of the chapter 8 that if, you, if you're just wandering around in the field and you grab some, you can just eat it casually as a sort of... Uh, you can eat it as a snack. And then the Mishnah talks about saplings of trumma which have become unclean and were replanted. Now, food 
can once is detached from the ground can 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 become tummy but food which is planted in the ground cannot attract tuma so here we've got shtiletruma we got saplings which were take which were which were harvested which became tummy but then they're replanted and the mishnah saying shatlan taharu mil tame that they they basically they recover from their state of tumor because they're plant they're detached they're attached back in the ground but the rabbis put a prohibition on eating them until maybe this is a maybe this is a, a prohibition to stop someone taking advantage of the problem just by dunking something back in the ground and then yanking it out of grain yanking it out again yanking it out again in other words we need not just to plant it in the ground but to make it regrow in the ground and so the rabbis are going to make us chop off the edible bit and wait till it regrows so that we really have another growing plant and rabbi yehuda is actually going to make us do it twice he's going to say lop it off wait till it regrows lop it off again and then what regrows is free of tumor and can be edible. And that is the end of chapter, that's the end of chapter nine. Why the chapter closes with these boundary cases, I'm not quite, it's, it, I'm not quite sure. The, the structure of the, of the chapter here is not quite apparent to me. Next week, we're going to pick up chapter 10, which changes subject entirely and moves on to cooking or cooking with mixtures of trauma. So we'll find about mixtures of cook trummer and chulin next next week but for today we will um, close off chapter nine and then we'll jump into chapter 10 next week thank you for listening to this edition of the daily mishnah podcast with benedict